Today is our last day in our series called It Starts Here. We've been in a series of sermons where we've been talking about the questions that many people ask these days. Uh, Questions that have to do with friendship. Does my life matter to someone else? Uh, The question of success and and work and how does success uh, work itself out in my life? The, The question of doing good. Uh, how do I make a difference in this world? Uh, the question of parenting and raising kids. Am I doing this thing right, this parenting thing right? And so today as we get started on our sermon, I'd like to start with just a little confession, right? So I really like music from the 70s. So I've got a, I've got a Spotify playlist and it's got all sorts of music and many of the titles come out of the 70s, and, and there's, there's songs like uh, Sweet Home Alabama by Leonard Skinner, and, and now as I say that title, you're probably hearing that tune, the introduction, the guitar starting up. Some of you, you're visualizing that scene in Forrest Gump, where Forrest and Jenny, they're dancing during a thunderstorm to Sweet Home Alabama, uh, and so uh, it, it's, it's one of those things that just kind of brings up all sorts of nostalgia and memories. For me, there's some other songs that are really cool uh, from the 70s. Uh, Joy to the World by Three Dog Night. Jeremiah was a bullfrog. You know, that one. Okay, so then there's some other ones that are a little more obscure. Uh, One that's on my list is The Werewolves of London by Warren Zivon. And uh, then, of course, who can forget Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Just some incredible music out of that decade. And there's one song that's on my list that, that always makes me think a little bit about life in general, and it's the song by Kansas, and uh, it's it's uh, it's written by the lead singer Carrie uh, Livgren, and and he he wrote this song called "Dust in the Wind," and so this this song is kind of a commentary, it seems, on what he sees life just in general being like, kind of this. We're, we're blowing around as dust in the wind and in the breeze and, and kind of without purpose and, and, and randomly. And so I, I, I want to ask, have you ever had thoughts like that? Like, like Carrie Livgren did, the lead singer of Kansas, that, that maybe your life was kind of random and purposeless and just kind of like dust blowing around in the, the wind. As we think about this time of, of, of life, we've got some graduates probably in the, uh, in the audience and, and, and you guys are are thinking, wow, I hope my life's not dust in the wind. Otherwise, what would be the, the use of, of graduating, of going to college and getting a career if it's all just this random, meaningless stuff? Uh, for the rest of us, uh, if, if life is dust in the wind, then uh, what's the use of getting up tomorrow and going to work? What's the use of listening to this talk if all we are is dust in the wind? So as we're finishing up our series today, it's a question about purpose. Does my life matter? If the song from Kansas is true, the only purpose we have, if it's really any purpose at all, is to float randomly through life, blown about by the breeze. And if you ask me, that's, that's really no purpose at all. Now, there's no purpose in this random, unguided existence. But we believe that it's not all just dust in the wind. That it's not random at all. That, that there is a purpose and a value and meaning to life. That there's goal. 
There's a goal and there's a direction for our lives given to us by our Creator. We were created by God and given a purpose by Him who created us. So we've got to ask ourselves, what, what is that purpose? Well, let me read to you a little bit from the very first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis. And it's at that point, he's, uh, we're, we're hearing about the account of creation. God is creating all that there is. And in the first part of Genesis, Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, it reads like this. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And see, and this helps us also understand the commandments of God that are given later on through Moses in the Ten Commandments. So in Exodus 20, verse 4, it says, You shall not make for yourself a carved image. So why not make an image of God to worship? Why not? Well, it's because God made us in his image. Because we are the image of God. He doesn't want us making an image to worship because he has imprinted on us that image. From the beginning, God made us in his image. We're his image bearers. We bear the image of God from our creation. Our purpose is to bear his image and to represent him well. So here's the thing. We don't always do that. We don't always represent him well. We, we sin. We're selfish. We're mean. We're foolish. And we don't trust him. And that story is played out over and over again in the Bible. And, and I'm going to give you several examples where I think you can really relate to what these characters were going through. In the book of Genesis, we find that Adam and Eve created and put into the garden, given the job to do, but that God was, told them, don't eat from this one tree. But they saw the tree, they wanted the fruit, and they took it, right? They didn't trust God. They didn't trust his plan. They wanted to do what they wanted to do. The same thing with Abraham and Sarah. They were told by God that they would have a son. And that through that son, the whole world would be blessed. But Sarah and Abraham decided to go by their own plan. And Sarah gave her handmaiden, Hagar, to Abraham to bear a son. Because it was taking too long for Sarah and Abraham to have a son. They didn't want to wait. So they saw an opportunity. They wanted to do their, their own thing. And they took it. And it led to generations and generations of, of conflict between the descendants of Ishmael and Isaac. We see it also in Moses' life as he's leading the Hebrews uh, out of Egypt and going into the promised land. We, we see him uh, providing for the, the Hebrews. And God tells him at one point as they're getting ready to go into the promised land, he said, speak to the rock and the water will flow. Well, previously he had struck the rock. This time he says, speak to the rock. But Moses, wanting to do what he wanted to do, he was kind of a hothead. He struck the rock. Maybe he was trying to show how angry he was to the people of Israel because of all their complaining. But he struck the rock. He, dis he, he wanted to do what he wanted to do, and he took the opportunity to do it. And therefore, he was denied entrance into the promised land. We go further on down in the story of the Bible when we see King David called a man after God's own heart. And he sees Bathsheba, who is the, the wife of another man. And he wants her, and he takes her for his own. And he, that leads to the murder of Bathsheba's 
husband, Uriah the Hittite. So all of that is to say is that what we do is we see what we want, what we want what we want, and we take what we want. That happens in the New Testament as well with Peter. He wants the kingdom of God to be this, uh, this thing where the, the Romans are, are thrust out of the promised land of, of, uh, of Israel. And, and, and then Jesus establishes this, this earthly kingdom and sits on a throne. And when Jesus starts talking about crucifixion and death, that Peter comes along and rebukes him and says, no, this is not the way it's going to be, Jesus. He's rebu- rebuking, the, rebuking, easy for me to say, rebuking the Son of God. And so what he's doing is he's seeing what he wants. He's taking what he wants by rebuking Jesus. And then finally, the the example of Judas Iscariot, the greed in his heart. He gave over the Son of God to be crucified to the religious authorities of the day. He saw what he wanted, and he wanted that money, and he took it. And we're, we're the same way, right? We're the same way. Let's say you're at work. See that pen. Want that pen. Take that pen, right? It's small, but maybe something a little bigger. Maybe you're in a relationship, and you see an aspect of that relationship that God says, no, don't go beyond this boundary. Don't go past this boundary. But you want it, and you take it. Or maybe, maybe you're married. Your marriage relationship is not going the way you want it to go, and you see something out here, another relationship to break the bonds of your marriage relationship. You see it, you want it, you take it. We all do. We've all been there. But Jesus, he's the one who gives us the perfect image of God. He bore God's image well. And with Jesus in our lives and with his help, we can bear the image of of God well. When we're at work, we see that pen, we're like, okay, instead of taking that, I'll just take some of my money and I'll go buy my own pen. I see a relationship outside the bonds of of what God wants for me. And I prayerfully move forward to maybe enter into a a friendship with the person maybe that I want to eventually marry. Instead of stepping over that boundary into a relationship that's, that's not God's will. Or you're struggling in your marriage. Instead of stepping outside of your marriage, you're entering into counseling. You're reading God's word. You're praying together. You're getting into church together. You're finding ways to invest in your relationship with that person so that you can bear God's image well, which is our purpose. With God's help and Jesus in our lives, we can bear his image well. We can be a better likeness of, of God. So when we, when we look at Christ, we see his true image. We allow Christ's character and Jesus' attitude and his spirit to be displayed in us. He comes into, into our lives as we receive him And we turn from our own ways, and he gives us the ability to bear God's image wealth. So when we ask this question, one of the the five big questions that we've been answering in this series, when we ask the question, does my life matter? We can answer yes, because you have been given purpose by God. And God's purpose for your life is that you bear God's image well. And bearing God's image is perfectly represented in Jesus Christ. We could answer the question this way. My life matters because God made me in his image. In fact, I'd ask you right now, say that in your own mind. My life matters because, because God made me in his image. 
Think about it. My life matters because God made me in his image. When we hear that song that I was referring to before, that dust in the wind song, we can confidently say, no, I'm not just dust in the wind. My life matters because God made me in his image. Now, a cool follow-up story to that, that song, that the singer-songwriter that wrote that, that uh, Dust in the Wind song by Kansas, he actually became a Christian in 1979, a couple of years after he wrote and they produced that song. So his life no longer is now just dust in the wind. He has purpose and value and meaning. So what do we see in our lives when we fulfill God's purpose, when we bear his image well? Well, there's a few things that I think we can see and take from the scriptures. We see that God was creative. He created all that there is. And he purposes that we, in the gifts that he's given us, use those gifts to be creative. So when we're imaging God well, we're being creative. Secondly, we're cultivating. God put the, the man and the woman into the garden and said, till the ground, uh, cultivate the, the ground, uh, take care of the garden. And, and, and that's what we're to do. We're supposed to, with the things and the resources we have around it, we're supposed to cultivate and manage and steward all of these resources well. And when you steward and manage and cultivate a garden, you don't just let it go and hope that something grows. You take out the weeds. You, you care for the soil. You put down fertilizer. You trim things back. You cultivate. So you're creative, and you cultivate, and then you multiply. Uh, God said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. Right? So... We're supposed to have families, supposed to have babies, and that's great. But I think there's more to it than that. I believe that one of the things that God wants us to do is to help others bear the image of God well, to lead other people to his son, Jesus Christ, so that they can experience bearing God's image well in their own lives. So how do we apply that this week? How do we be creative, cultivate, and multiply this week? So here's some things you can do this week to help apply those principles in your lives. First of all, during your time of prayer, ask God to help you bear his image in your life. Come to him in your times of prayer, praying that he will show you how that you can um, bear his image well. Then after you've prayed, look. Look for opportunities to be creative, to cultivate and to multiply God's image in the lives of other people. And then finally, the third thing, after you've prayed, after you've looked around for the opportunities, then it's time to obey. Act in a way that display the image of God. So let's, let's dream. Let's dream for just a minute. Let's, let's imagine what it's going to be like if we knew and fulfilled the purpose that God gave us. If every day our lives were filled with meaning and value if every day we bore the image of God well. I believe in our church community, there would be an, a change of attitude, a change of outlook on our lives. We would look to, with hope to the future, of the hope of bearing the image of God well, just as Jesus did. And then I think the people outside uh, our church, outside our church community, what they would begin to see is they would begin to see us as different, as people with a purpose, as men and women with a mission. Instead of going through the motions, instead of dragging through the same old thing, 
and feeling like we're only dust in the wind, people would see action. They'd see accomplishment. They'd see compassion and salvation and encouragement and kindness because we have a purpose, because we know our purpose, and that gives our lives meaning and value. So don't forget, when the question comes up, does my life matter? The answer is, my life matters because God made me in his image. Your life matters because God made you in his image. And so as you head out this week into this next phase of life, whatever life brings you, I want you to ask yourself, am I bearing the image of God well? Let me pray for you. Lord God, I'm so thankful for this message series that, that we've had where we've been talking about the big questions of life. And, and we know those, those are burning questions in our own hearts. And thank you for the, the helpful talks we've had over these last few weeks. I pray that they've been helpful for everyone who's heard them. And God, I pray that as a result of today's message, that folks would be able to say that their life matters because they were made in your image. And you've given them purpose and meaning and value. So thank you again for speaking to our hearts today and giving us a mission, a purpose, as we go out into the week. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.